Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Uh, If you want to open your Bibles to John 20, that's where we're going to be at here in just a minute. You know, I never, I, I realized this week, it's been an awesome Holy Week for me, and I, I realized I just don't get tired of this good news. It's the best news ever, and I don't get tired of sharing it. I want to share it with joy in my heart, and I want to just say to you, uh, just, you're not here by accident. There are people that we've been praying, just lots of different prayer meetings this week. I found out, I didn't even know that some, some, some of our, I think it was mainly ladies, uh, were praying all night long on Thursday night from 10 to 6 a.m., praying for you guys and joining with the thousands and thousands and thousands of other churches and, and, and uh, gatherings around the world, people praying for lives to be changed on Easter morning. And the Lord wants to do something wonderful in our hearts. And so I want to just encourage you right now where you're sitting, just, just gently, just you might pray this prayer. Jesus, reveal yourself to me today. That's a good prayer. It's always a good prayer. Jesus, let me hear your voice today. You know, he's the good shepherd who promises that he's speaking and he wants us to hear him and to respond to him. And his word is good. His word for us is good, and it's life-giving, and it's, it's salvation, it's hope and freedom, and it will change your life. The truth about Jesus is the deepest truth in all of life, and it's relational, that he is the son of the Father, and their shared love together in, the commun- in communion of the Holy Spirit. And it's just wonderful that he's brought us together to be able to share this on this special day, Easter. The story of Jesus that we're talking about this morning always has to be understood in the midst of the larger story. So in Genesis, it starts off in the beginning, and we learn what that, what's going on in that story. As we follow that storyline, the fall happens, and, but God doesn't stop and leave us there. He has a plan. He comes to a guy named Abram, and he says, I'm going to make your family is going to be a blessing to all the nations of the world. And then he comes to Israel. He makes a covenant with Israel and gives them the law. But they break the promises over and over again. But he, they raise up a king, God raises up a king named David, and he says, your son is going to be on the throne and his throne will last forever and ever. And so there's this longing for this this king who's going to come. And ultimately, that's Jesus. Jesus steps onto the scene, the incarnate son of God. And John, we've been looking through John ourselves this spring, and he starts his gospel off in the beginning because he's trying to communicate that just like there was the first creation, now God is working a, a new creation where he's making all things new and he's starting with us as brothers and sisters in this new life that we find in Jesus Christ. If you follow the story, it's just like John's gospel. It's just been fresh to us this spring. He's the word. He's the life. He's the light. He is the son, incarnate son of God. He is the only one, the one and only son who reveals the father. Nobody else has ever seen him. And it's just, we're looking to Jesus. We're looking to Jesus to know what God is like. And it's beautiful. If you follow that story all the way down, like we've been doing this spring, one of the things you see is that the Pharisees and the religious leaders were plotting against Jesus. Though they could find nothing wrong with him, they made a plot to, their verdict was guilty. And they sent him to the cross 
to, and, and ultimately ended up dying for us. And he goes into the grave, but God, but God said, no, that's not the final verdict. It's like it goes to the Supreme Court, right? This trial's been going on, guilty, but then it gets appealed. And God comes in and says, no way, you are raised from the dead. And you are victorious over sin and death and the devil. He overrules the, 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 the verdict of sin in our lives. And it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, I want to just say right here at the beginning that a lot of times when you, you hear the gospel and you think it's about, it's good news for maybe somebody else, but I want you to know it's good news for you. It's good news for you personally, right in the situation that you find yourself in this morning. And we're coming in with all kinds of stuff, guilt, shame, pain, brokenness. I love what uh, Claire was singing this morning, uh, addiction, but God says you're mine. God says you're mine. Brokenness, but God says you're mine. We come in with those things, and then we see what Jesus does for us, and it's absolutely mind-boggling. And it's when you have an encounter with the risen Christ, you can't stay the same. You, you just can't stay the same. And so we're going to look at some stories this morning, and I want you to even think about who do you identify with out of these three characters? Well, the second one is actually a bunch of characters, but the first one is Mary. And then the second one is the disciples. And then the third one is Thomas. So Mary's grieving. She's longing for the Lord. And she sees him and everything changes. The disciples fear. They're hiding out. And they see him and everything changes. Thomas, I'm not going to believe. You know, and then he, he sees the Lord and everything changes. And who of those do you identify with? And what needs to change today in your own story? Jesus wants to bring a life-giving change to us. And the main thing I'm trying to say is this. The resurrection of Jesus means that there is a new beginning for the whole creation. And it's good news for everyone. There's a new beginning. Just, just think new beginning. Who wouldn't like to have a new beginning? Or maybe make a new beginning. I want to believe in beginnings, but I want to make a new beginning in my life. Or I want to be a new beginning for someone else. Because we're called to, in, we're, we're invited to join Jesus in his mission of making things right and new. So let's read these stories together. I want to do the, Mary Magdalene first. It's the first encounter with Jesus. Mary, if you would stand, we do this usually, not, not all the time, but just to honor the reading of the word of God. And we're looking at the first, the first 19, 18 verses together. Father, bless the reading of your word. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter, I don't, it just always tickles me. You know, if I'm writing the gospel, I might throw that in too. Both were running. The other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. 
The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside, and he saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my, my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize. She didn't realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. And this is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. Okay, so grief, longing for him, looking for him, turns into joy when she sees Jesus. And it's, it's important that we see, just as John said in the beginning, it's also important that we see John saying, thinking he was the gardener, because he's, he's retelling the creation story. There's a new creation. There's another garden right there, and he wants us to see that. In, in a little bit, he's going to speak to the disciples and breathe into them the breath of life, just like God breathed into Adam the breath of life. He wants us to see that all of this is unfolding right here. So uh, really powerful that God is, he's not giving up on us. He's not giving up on you or me. He, he just keeps bringing grace, and he, just, he keeps bringing good news uh, into our lives. Um, yeah, you know, and there's a word here for women. We did this a couple weeks ago looking at John, and I want to do it again because there's a word here of encouragement. And this is, there, that there's a word for women is good news for everyone. Uh, it's good for the whole church that there's good news for women, you know, Right? It just We want the whole church, the whole church alive and functioning and sharing. And if you've ever felt, uh, you know, maybe less than or something, read this story afresh right now. I mean, Jesus appears to Mary because she was there first, by the way, longing for him, grieving for him. And then he sends her out first because, again, she was there with him. So she's like... The word apostle means one sent, a sent one. So she's kind of like the apostle to the apostles, right? So she was doing all of that first. And I, I just, I was thinking yesterday and I just wrote this down. I was like, imagine the apostles being asked, well, where were you when you first heard about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, we were there, we were kind of hiding out and stuff, and then Mary came, and she announced that he's raised from the dead. I've seen the Lord. Powerful. I got a text from one of our missionaries here yesterday, or excuse me, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, 
And uh, it was a picture of her with two of these dear Iranian sisters that are friends of this church. And I, I, I don't keep many pictures on my desk over here in the office, but I have a picture of these two women. And they are like apostolic people that float kind of with the spirit of God across the Middle East. You know, and, and uh, the sister's caption was, I wonder who they're preaching the gospel to this weekend. And you know, they are. They are. They've led so many people to the Lord. Churches planted, lives changed, people healed, delivered, set free by these powerful, mighty women of God. We need you, ladies. We need you. Uh, there was a famous Lausanne conference. It's a, the worldwide movement for evangelism. And one of the points they were making was we need women engaged in the whole process. Um, because the church is 60 per, around the world, the church is 60% women, 40% men. And so they got 10 people up on the stage and had them hold a big net, a net like you catch fish with, right? And then they had the six women drop the net with a loud clang. It hit the ground. And imagine just these four dudes, all these guys trying to carry the net by themselves. Doesn't work. We need everybody in the game. We need everybody participating and sharing in this life and love and grace together. And so just in this encounter, are you grieving? Are you longing for the Lord? Are you looking for the Lord? You'll find him when you're doing that. He's ready. He's ready to tell you good news for your life. That's Mary. The second encounter is with the disciples themselves. Let's keep reading there in verse 19. John 20, verse 19. Encounter with the living Christ. On the first day of the week, of the, uh, on the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he'd said this, he showed him his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So second encounter here is the disciples. And they are kind of held up, fear for the Jews. You know, the, the same thing would happen to them maybe. They're locked in there and Jesus comes and stands among them. And again, it's that creation story of God breathing. God, he's, he's breathing life into us. We really, we don't exist without breath. And breath is one of the descriptions of God, the Holy Spirit. He's the breath of life. And he is bringing his life into situations right now where there's fear, there's loss, there's trepidation. We're, we're fearful, we're timid, all those kind of things. And his life brings courage it brings love it brings joy it brings hope into these kinds of situations and it changes our lives literally receive my peace he says receive my mission he says receive my spirit he says peace and purpose and power intimacy with Jesus and participation with him and his purpose is life-giving it's when you ever have stepped into the zone where you go, this is, this is the way it ought to be, or this is what I was made to do, 
It's always going to be most experienced when you're in line with the will of God for us to be his image bearers on planet earth. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Lord, open it up to us. One of the things he does there at the, at the end is he gives the disciples, that's us too, the authority to forgive sins. Isn't that powerful? Like the authority, I'm giving you the authority to forgive sins. And it's not so that you'll be the judge and like withhold it. It's that he's got all authority and he's giving the authority to us to be proclaimers of forgiveness. You're forgiven in Jesus Christ. And don't hold on to that. Don't be the judge of that. And in order to do that, you've got to receive it so that you can give it. If you don't receive it, then you'll be an arbiter and decide if somebody's worthy of getting the forgiveness that God's calling us to give to the world. Isn't that powerful? It's actually not a negative thing. It's a, I want you to forgive and proclaim forgiveness to the world. It's how we move forward in life. You get stuck if you don't know that you're forgiven and you get stuck in helping the people receive the forgiveness around us that God is wanting to bring forgiveness into their lives. So, um, you know, because of guilt and shame and burdens and bondage and addictions, I, I just really appreciated the testimony this morning, just uh, being set free by, from burdens and bondage and guilt and addictions. It is, it is good news. And I'll share a little bit of my story later, but just, just know that it's good news. Wherever you're at right now, Jesus can meet you and set you free. It's just, whoo, man, it's good news. Good news. Well, let's look at the, look at the last one. And I think too, just if you're fearful or anxious, this is what Jesus comes to you and says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. May you receive the peace of Jesus on this Easter Sunday. And the third encounter there with the living Christ is Thomas. Thomas, verse 24. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless, just think about it, this is wild. Like your best friends in the world, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Then Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And then John goes on there at the end of that passage and, and really just gives the purpose for writing the whole book, which is that we, in seeing Jesus, would see and believe that he is the son of the living God and that in believing we would have life in his name. And that's what we're called to as the church. Doubts replaced with faith. That's what he's doing here. And, you know, it is interesting to me, like, you know, th there are times, I suppose, 
You know, in all of our lives where somebody we really trust is telling us something true about the Lord, but we're unwilling to believe it for whatever reason. And I think some of that is what we think we already know. We've been talking about that some around here, the problem of what we think we, we know. And what we think we know, our worldview, whatever, can really hinder us sometimes from seeing Jesus when he's right in front of us. Because Jesus will do things that's different than what we think he ought to be doing than what we, you know, our presupposition is. And so I think that's a pretty important word for our culture right now, that, that we think, you know, it's, it's when we hold opinions really strongly and we think a certain, somebody else needs to be doing something like this, but Jesus comes in and says, no, I want you to sacrificially love and lay down your life and go the way of the cross in order to love the people around you. That's a, that's a hard word to hear. To love your enemies, to lay down your life and go the way of the cross. And it's hard for us to hear that sometimes. But it's encouraging to me still that Jesus does come and he meets Thomas right where he's at. Right smack in the middle of, of his doubts, yes. all that stuff. He still meets him. It's why, you know, I think Thomas gets a bad rap. He's got like a, a nickname. You know, doubting, you know, I mean, hey, you know, I, I, I don't know, even if people wanted to, you know, be, be really friendly with him and what's up, doubting, you know, just go short, DT. Um, but he gets a bad rap, but he is the first one in the whole gospel, in a person, to say exactly what, Jesus, uh, what John has said in the prologue, that he is the Lord and he is the God. He is God. He is Israel's God in the flesh. That's who Jesus is, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus proclaims the second beatitude in the gospel of John. There's two beatitudes. One, blessed are you if you do what I'm doing when he's washing their feet. You go do it and be blessed. Serving. But the other one is believing when you don't see him. Blessed are those who believe and don't see, but still believe. And that's a blessing from the Lord that's pronounced on us. Blessed are those who believe even though they don't see. And then that purpose there for the entire gospel, oh, that we would see and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that by believing have life in his name. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he brings. It's incredible. You know, and everything changes when we, when we see Jesus. Even with the eyes of our heart, things change. So not like you have to have a, a physical manifestation. When we see him, things change. Uh, God takes people who think they're done, and he calls them out. I, you know, we don't have time to do Peter this morning, but uh, Peter's another encounter. You know, in the next chapter, it's it's. Peter, I'm not done with you. Come on. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. I'm, and he's not done with me. And he's not done with you. And all these, all these stories, it's just powerful. Lord, help me in this new beginning that you're wanting to bring into my life. Help me, Lord. I've been reading this poem. I'm going to read a poem to you now, and I think it's anointed. I, I really do. I've read it, I don't know, 20 times in the last couple of days. And I want to read it, and I just want to ask you to listen. And even as Jesus said, are you really listening? Because there's something, believe me, for everybody in here. 
So, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts to hear, and for this to be applied specifically in all the, the situations in this room this morning. It's called by a guy named Ted Loader, and it's called Help Me to Believe in Beginnings. God of history and of my heart, so much has happened to me in these whirlwind days. I've known death and birth. I've been brave and scared. I've hurt. I've helped. I've been honest. I've lied. I've destroyed. I've created. I've been with people. I've been lonely. I've been loyal. I've betrayed. I've decided. I've waffled. I've laughed and I've cried. You know my frail heart and my frayed history. And now another day begins. It's like new day. Even with all that, it's a new day, right? Oh God, help me to believe in beginnings. And in my beginning again, no matter how often I've failed before, and help me to make beginnings, to begin going out of my weary mind and into fresh dreams, daring to make my own bold tracks in the land of now, to begin forgiving that I may experience mercy, to begin questioning the unquestionable that I may know truth, to begin disciplining that I may create beauty, to begin sacrificing that I may accomplish justice, to begin risking that I may make peace, to begin loving that I may realize joy and help me to be a beginning to others, to be a singer to the songless, a storyteller to the aimless, a, a befriender of the friendless, and to become a beginning of hope for the despairing, of assurance for the doubting and of reconciliation for the divided, to become a beginning of freedom for the oppressed, of comfort for the sorrowing, and of friendship for the forgotten, to become a beginning of beauty for the forlorn, of sweetness for the soured, of gentleness for the angry, of wholeness for the broken, and of peace for the frightened and violent of the world. Help me to believe in beginnings. Help me to make a beginning. Help me to be a beginning so that I may not just grow old, but grow new. Each day of this wild, amazing life, you call me to live with the passion of Jesus Christ. You see, everything changes. We, we get new beginnings over and over. It's like mercy that comes each new day. Like there's a new day now. And there's going to be a new day tomorrow. And don't think you can't start over again. No matter where you are, what you've done, what you're bringing in, believe in beginnings and to make beginnings and to be a beginning for others. I was lost. I, I was a mess. I was lost, addicted, broken. I was at death's door. Death's door, literally. How do I, how do I kill myself? And in the midst of that, a light broke through and shone into my heart and it was Jesus. And I just, I said, Jesus, if that's, I, I knew it was him. He was smiling. He was doing like this. And I, I said, Jesus, if that's you, you've got to save me because I am so lost. And on that day, 22 years old, I met the Lord. And everything changed. 
just, and it wasn't instantaneous. I stopped doing everything immediately, but my life has been on a different trajectory ever since. Somebody, can I get a witness out there, out of bondage and out of death and out of darkness and out of blindness into life and light and freedom, vision and hope. Amen. And, and yeah, like Mary, I'm running to tell you the good news. <laughs> I've seen the Lord, and he's changed my life. Man, it's so good. I can't imagine life without him, and I don't want to anymore. That's in the past. Everything has changed. And what you're bringing in, whatever it is, the grief, the longing, the doubts, the fears, all those things that are changed when these disciples see Jesus are the very things that can be changed in your life as you respond to him today. So will you believe? Will you believe in beginnings this morning? Will you make a beginning in your own situation? And will you be a beginning? As the Father sent me, I'm sending you to be a beginning for others. Those in pain, those broken, those hurting, those needing justice, those needing love, those needing life. That's what he wants to do in and through us. Today, it is a new day. It's a new day. And we want to be the people that he's called us to be as we see him. And that's what the world needs is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So if you would stand up. Come to him today, man. That's my appeal. Let's come to him. We're going to have a ministry team that comes up. You guys come on up. And we're just going to take a few minutes here and respond to the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, like, there's something about responding in the minute, in, in the moment. And, you know, if it's like, hey, I, I need Jesus, like, to start this relationship, somebody's here to help you do that. If you need to be baptized, hey, we're having more baptisms in second service. Just, just let us know. And we'll do it today. We've got clothes and shorts and towels and all that stuff. We've got everything you need. Don't put it off. Look, here's water. That's what the Ethiopian eunuch said to Philip. Well, here's water. Is there anything stopping me from being baptized right now? So if that's for you, let us know. And the thing is, on, on these kind of response times, if there's a yes in your heart about something I'm saying, just preaching the word of God, then respond to that. Respond to that yes. And if there's a hindrance, like, oh, I just don't think I can do that because X, then come and get prayer for that, whatever that is. And as always, 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 it's Easter Sunday. If you need a new start, man, come and get prayer. It could be repenting or responding. You've been away from the Lord. Let's, let's, let's turn today. Turn to him. He is the Lord. He's the giver of life. And he's loving, running, responding to you, giving you a hug when you come. And that's what, that's what our friends and brothers and sisters will be doing here. Whatever your need is, as always, if you have a prayer need, come and get prayer. We love you, Lord. Meet us here in this moment in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come, you guys. Come meet the Lord. Come get prayer. Get the breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Beginning starts today. New beginning. We believe. Starts today.